0: Morning and welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Chrissy.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: And Peter. Hello. And Craig. Hello. And Susie. Hello. And yeah, tell everybody who Peter <laughs> is. Peter is the our guest star for the day and in our interview. I oh, will do the proper introduction when we actually do the the interview, right? Um, Peter's going to talk to us today about the religion in school campaign first though we have some email feedback now we talked on our recent episode about the creation museum in otago so we got an email back from jim and he says hi guys i really enjoy your show really am considering doing a donation good for you jim Uh, with reference to the skeptics function at the otago university in august uh, i checked up on the creation museum website Uh, did you know the building was originally used as a mental asylum how appropriate uh and he sent us another email after that um further to the email that i sent earlier today some further info the asylum name was cherry farm uh my mother was put there for a couple of weeks i was involved in installing the uh pabx it's the phone system around (laughs) i guess yeah he probably did it gratis if she was there around 1970 while wiring the operator switchboard a patient came up to me and asked what i was doing so I explained in a calm sort of way that I was connecting the wires that would enable the telephone operators to switch incoming and outgoing calls to people in the complex. He then asked, how do you know which wires go where? All of the wires were colour-coded, but I could not pass up the chance. So I said, I connect each of the wires to a particular place, and if that doesn't work, then I put them somewhere else. <laughs> Sooner or later, the system works. He thought about that for a minute and then, and then said, you think I'm mad, don't you? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm a PC kind of guy, and I don't usually ruffle feathers, so I made a non-committal sort of answer. He replied, well, you're the guy here doing the work, and I'm standing here watching you. So who? So you tell me who is the mad one. <laughs> so, the building was not a polytech, but a full-blown loony bin. I think that's the technical term for it. Uh, I mentioned the story to my son, who was a fam- fan of Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. I mean... Some other sceptical podcast that we won't name. And he just cracked up. The irony of it all. Looking forward to meeting you guys in August. And uh, most of us are looking forward to meeting you as well. Those Mm. of us that will be down there. Uh, Which kind of leads us naturally into the Sceptics Conference. So I'll mention that first and then come back to Craig. Um, So the Sceptics Conference, just for those of you who haven't been following along, is Friday the 31st of August to Sunday the 2nd of September at Otago University and that's only about a month away so well for us now probably, probably about a, a week away a week, a, like a week for the listeners when you get the podcast as in Otago University yeah so uh, most of us are going down we'll look forward to seeing you there uh, if you couldn't get the donation button to work on the website you're welcome to come up and just thrust money in at us I'm sure we'll uh, we
1: take cash Yep,
0: just tuck, tuck, it into, <laughs> tuck it into Craig's G-string, uh, and he'll bring it back for us.
2: <laughs> How did you know, now? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I checked. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Craig, Craig, you went to London, and you met some sceptics. I did, you want yes. to tell us what happened? Anything yes. interesting?
2: Well, so I, I've just come back from a trip to the UK and various other places, but um, when I was over in, in London, I attended the London Sceptics in the pub, and um, that was a, a very a fun evening. Um, they had a guy there by the name of Mo Kastandi who spoke about uh, neuroscience, uh, out-of-body experiences and, and that sort of stuff. Actually, I should just read out the, the blurb. The feeling one is floating out of their body and looking down on themselves, or their hand is being possessed by an alien being or an evil entity, are common examples of whether the soul exists or that the world is full of paranormal influences. But is this really the case, and have there been credible alternative explanations for these and other phenomena? In January 2000, stories about a surgeon, Robert Smith, emerged in the media who had amputated the legs of two patients at their own request and was planning a third amputation. The news stories described the patients as suffering from a type of body dysmorphic wow. disorder. Studies have pointed to a condition called body integrity identity disorder, which blurs the distinction of who is the owner of parts of their own body – an apparently rare condition characterised by a burning and incessant desire to amputate an otherwise perfectly healthy limb. The first documented case of this disorder dates back to 1785 by an anatomist uh, who described the case of an Englishman who fell in love with a one-legged woman and wanted to become an amputee himself (laughs) so that he could win her heart. He offered the surgeon a 100 guineas to amputate his leg, and when the surgeon refused, forced him to perform the operation at gunpoint.
0: Nice. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so, so, go back to this this guy you're talking about there, who's so cutting people's limbs off because they've got a disorder. Yeah, it doesn't seem very. Um, no, well, there's th- ethical. Or well, I
1: saw a documentary on about it about two months ago. It's a real. real oh yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But you, yeah. You,
0: not, the answer is not to cut people's legs off. The doctor, <laughs> it's no. to cure them. But yeah, well, it's, it's, they're saying it's, it's a medical yeah. work around and it They feel
1: better if they have their limb cut yeah,
0: off. Yeah. Anyway,
2: yeah. so um, he describes this research about. About the, um, the rubber hand experiment, mm. have you heard of the rubber hand experiment? No. So essentially we're, um, and we replicated this on stage, and I was the person who was oh, cool. being experimented upon. Yeah. so Not the, the idea hand. of this was that we had a desk on stage, yeah. and I put my left hand under the desk, and then somebody else put their hand over my left shoulder yeah. and, and then I looked down on the hand as if it was my hand right and then we had one person stroke with a brush the fingers on my phantom hand yeah. and somebody else stroked the same yeah. fingers with no the same person was actually stroking they, they, both they hands. Had to do hands simultaneously, yes, simultaneously. Yeah. to make my brain think that the hand that, was that i was hand. seeing yeah. was actually my hand
0: yeah. yeah so you're getting the visual, stimulus, so I was getting the visual stimulus
2: of, of the, the stroking of yeah. the stroking yeah and and it That's was quite weird. Oh. And apparently if the if the effect works perfectly, um, then somebody could come up with a hammer and try and hit mm. the hand, and, and I would think, yeah pull away with my own yeah. hand, even though it wasn't my own hand, because I was yeah, thinking yeah, that that think, was my hand. Yeah. Of
3: course.
2: Your brain basically is trapped into seeing <laughs> yeah. it. So you nobody did that.
4: try to cut off your hand or anything? No. no. You, you hit it with say, a hammer?
2: But it, when I was looking at it, I... I sort of experienced the sensation of thinking that that was my hand and it mm. was a pretty good sensation but I don't think it was 100% effective. Yeah. Um, the
0: other way of doing the experiment the way I heard it described is actually tapping on the table at the same time right. as tapping on the hand underneath.
2: Okay. I forget yeah. how that actually worked but something yeah. similar. Well, if it, if it's properly set up they have a they have a lab coat with a specially sewn arm in with oh, yeah. a rubber hand in it. Yeah versus somebody else's okay. hand over the top of your shoulder. So, I mean, the, the actual um, <coughs> setup up wasn't quite perfect, but um, but it was an interesting experiment. It oh, was fun. So um, they had, I think, about probably 75 people turn out, so it was it was quite packed. It might, might have even been 100, I don't know. And they charged two-pound entry. So, Two um, pounds. Um, mm, mm. Ten million people,
1: be. 70 people, one million people, 40 people. We're doing good.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so no, it was actually, a fun experience, and I met up with a few people. Yeah, drop some names, go on. Yeah, go on go well, I, I I had a conversation with Sid Rodriguez, who <laughs> oh, okay. mm. um, runs the thing. Yep, Anyone else? And uh,
0: nobody that I could mention. I see. <laughs> and and you completely <laughs> failed to get a single interview the whole time you went. I there. had
2: no means of recording. Yeah. Anyway, anyway so that was. Do well you done.
1: have an iPhone?
0: Great. It was flat or something.
2: The battery is flat. I've been yeah. using my GPS too much and navigating around. London. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Okay, well done. Yep. Th- cool. Fun. And on to the news. And the first news item is a nano 3D printer. Oh,
3: yeah. Which I thought was
0: quite interesting because yes. uh, I'm into 3D printing at the moment. I it was um, great, too it's absolutely phenomenal so printing three-dimensional objects with incredibly fine details is now possible using two photon lithography with this technology tiny structures on a nanometer scale can be fabricated so obviously everyone's heard of 3d printers the general idea is either you've got a box full of sort of plastic dust or something like that and lasers that shine through it and, and create a, a solid image, or you've got some sort of a feed head yeah. that drips melting plastic into a, into a shape. Mm. These things are capable of... Okay, so some people have just made a breakthrough. High-precision 3D printer at uh, the University of, v- of Vienna is orders of magnitude faster than similar devices. Uh, this op- opens up completely new areas of application, such as medicine... So, the 3D printer uses a liquid resin which is hardened at precisely the correct spot by a focused laser beam. A polymerized line of solid polymer just a few hundred nanometers wide. What's that in relation to a human hair? Oh, don't ask me that. <laughs> um, nanometers is a link. I could. Um, no. A nanometer is one billionth of a meter. Really? yeah <laughs> okay sorry, was that, sorry was, that, <laughs> was, that, was that was that obvious okay um I was, no there's was nothing there here then, yeah, there's no. nothing here with comparisons but um uh, i'm not even gonna guess because i'll get it wrong and someone will write in and correct me but we're all no. googling it now go on then someone figure it out and tell me
1: so for medical applications nathan are they going to be able to do um 0.04 you
4: know to um, 0.25 millimetres Replace organs and things. Oh. Um, well, I'll go and
0: read a bit more. Yeah, but um,
4: apparently, so point zero four millimeters is because I thought they were talking about something 40 like forty micro.
2: Well, I found a place that says meters? the diameter of a human hair is twenty five point four micrometers. There you go, micrometers. Like, right. So that's <laughs> yeah, that's so that's that's um, an uh, it's quite twenty five thousand. So nanometer is twenty five thousand. Of a human hair.
0: Yep. Wow. Okay. Right. So they're printing very, very small. Basically. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, um, now we're really impressed. <laughs> the
2: print, <laughs> printing
0: speed used to be measured in millimeters per second. They can do five meters in a second. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's just at at a nanometer scale. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> okay. So what are they going to do this? For? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure for? out. What they're going to use it for is. Competitive edge, material science, larger objects uh, for industry. Biocompatible resins yeah They can be used oh, to scaffolds, scaffolds mm-hmm. to which living cells can attach themselves, facilitating the systematic creation of biological tissues. So, yes, cloning organs and things like that. So cloning yeah. organs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, oh, sorry, no, creating
4: a, a scaffold yeah. to yeah. put cells on. <laughs> which <laughs> will, then, then an which organ. will then
0: grow in a certain shape. Yeah, but it's shape. not
4: cloning an organ. I know, Same it's, going thing. To be, it's pretty exciting, pretty though. I didn't say it wasn't exciting. I just said it wasn't cloning an organ. All right,
0: fine. I, I stand corrected. So um, 3D printers is a bit of an open source thing as well, Peter. That's one of your, your yeah, so sidebars.
5: That's right. So it uh, had quite a bit to do with the Colliver, who's who's been into... Mm. Into this area, and he, he now runs a business um, uh, importing all the materials and and
0: promoting Not and for not for nano three D printers, but not for, for normal, the nano ones. normal three so D printers.
5: Um, extruded, he, he does the extruded plastics type.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, so my my story is kind of related to okay. to three D printers. Susie, tell us your story. <laughs> oh. It's just it's a um it's from Scientific American, and it's an Olympics uh, sort of themed thing. So there's a, an article. Um how Speedo created a record breaking swimsuit. So they um
2: Bungee smugglers.
4: After the last after the last games their swimsuit was essentially banned. What? Because it shaved off so much time from oh, for people. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. So I hadn't realized until okay. reading this that there's also a very nice man in his swimsuit on the front. Um but uh, it's about this? um I haven't put one on,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so only only Susie can look at the uh, the so, man and the speedos. Yeah, right. so
4: Speedo have um have an, have what they call Aqualab, uh, I think in Nottingham in the UK, um, where they uh, you know coming up with amazing swimwear, um, and let me just find some of the things that were really interesting about this so, so they've basically been working towards um, a new swimsuit that isn't banned for, um, the, for the latest games given that their last swimsuit has been banned well,
3: what, on um,
2: what basis did they ban it anyway
4: oh g- giving people a competitive edge I don't know I mean, but they, drugs they, are okay drugs yeah. are okay but yeah but swimsuits are not they're full body suits last time, and now they've oh, said right. the rules are you can't have full body. full body. So that um, oh, they have to. So the men's has has to be from the knee to the, uh, or the more, most coverage you can have <laughs> knee is to knee, to <laughs> women, um, knee to waist. Women, it's knee to boobs. Um, I so, think they should have the same standard. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> women as men. <laughs> well, I just, it's else kind has of said,
0: ironic considering that you know a hundred years ago was the exact opposite situation you 've swimsuit so it had to cover as much as possible you wouldn't mm. be allowed to walk yeah. down knee to
4: shoulder for women knee to navel for men um, so they've they 've put in a whole lot of things so the fabric must be air permeable um, mustn't have any fastening devices um, and stuff like that on okay. it okay anyway so because what one of the things they 've been working on is how to so how to make them more um aerodynamic and they were trying to make a suit that had the goggles and the hat and everything kind of yeah. integrated.
2: Yeah, fluid in water aerodynamics? Yeah, well, the fluid,
4: fluid the same, fluid same thing, air yeah. and
0: water are both fluid, so it's fluid dynamics.
4: But so they have a new thing, they have this fast skin 3, they've also been trying to yeah, integrate goggles and hats and things, but they were talking about essentially scanning the athletes and making kind of 3D avatars of them so that they could nice. then do all sorts of modelling on their yeah. fluid dynamics of and how they moved and specifically designed for them yeah all sorts of amazing things that they've been doing in in nottingham with all these athletes um and
0: they're not allowed to use them in the no no they are
4: they are this time because they haven't been banned yet but they may well be banned after this one um Uh, who's using them do you
1: know which countries
4: oh well it'll be all the athletes who essentially are sponsored by speedo which is which is all of the really good ones okay but it's an arms race. yeah um yeah. so they've been they've been trying to invent new fabrics that um create compression and in places where you'd want them yes to make them again to make them um go through the water faster. <laughs> So, And they were just talking about how difficult it is to get into the suits. So the first That'd attempt to, to take about an hour to get into them. And then if you're really good at it, you can get into them in about 10 to 15 minutes. So 10 to 15 minutes to get into your swimsuit. Um, Lol.
0: And to save, to <laughs> save point one of a second off of your time. Yeah, but in the, I think <laughs> last time. Three I mean, last the time, time they,
4: they, they shaved off like a considerable amount. I mean, yeah. it's quite amazing. Okay. Yeah. Because one, what is it? one second
1: counts. It yeah second counts yeah yeah so yeah. so
4: the moment, so they've got this this fast um, skin as the one in the in the pool at the moment, and they're working on for the next Olympics based on probably what's going to be banned from the nice. swim quite cool, yeah, I just thought it was quite nice, and i have been looking at pictures of swimmers in their swimsuits. You,
0: <laughs> you do that, you steer at the half naked men and we'll move on to Craig's story <laughs> about the evolution of evolution is that what it says yes the evolution of evolvability of evolvability yes tell us about it so um
2: so this is an article uh, that i saw in technology review so essentially the computer scientists have been using genetic algorithms and have come up with um how evolution came up with a modular design so what they're talking about is that Engineers know that the best way to build things is to build stuff in modules so that if something goes you wrong you can take it out and put it put something else in and replace it okay um, so if you if you contrast that to a, a complex system where everything is um, interacting, then a modular system is better because because of being able to replace stuff mm. so well
0: not that we used to be able to per se so uh,
2: what they wanted to figure out was how did how did nature and how did evolution actually come up with a modular design so in the past when you've had a genetic algorithm um, which essentially means that you've got some parameters that can be randomly tweaked in multiple iterations in a program and then testing the testing whether the the software performs better at some particular task so essentially you can evolve a better design for the application that way so what they decided was that as well as testing the performance of the application so whether it was better at say recognizing an image or something like that if they also tested the connection costs between the various modules if they made that and they factored that into the cost of the the algorithm, yeah. then what would tend to happen was that a modular design would evolve, hmm. and so they they think this is what happened in evolution of biological systems. That um, in biology everything costs. So if you have a if you have an organism that has um, extremely complex and lots large of lots of needs. connections yeah. between various parts of the body, then that's more um, complex and more expensive to produce than something that's um, Oh, so a module, then a connection, then the, another module. The module yeah. that's highly interconnected yeah. but has few connections to other modules. Gotcha. Um, so, Makes sense. so, so this essentially sort of shows how how this can happen. So they 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 find that if they have an application where they do this, then that produces modular networks which can adapt fast yep. versus a slower adaptation. Okay. So it's actually quite an interesting article. But the interesting thing that I found about the article was that, of course, in the comments, all the creationists huh. have appeared.
0: Huh. Microevolution, macroevolution. Um, exactly. Yeah.
2: Right. So, um, yeah, Satan the creationists turned up and... <laughs> awesome. It's just... Hasn't annoying. this
5: been known in the software industry for some time?
2: Well, I, I don't... I, I mean, genetic algorithms have been around for a long time, but I don't. But I think this is some well, I mean, research that they've actually figured out about this. how they're actually using this to show that biological evo- evolution would produce a modular um, system versus a highly complex.
5: Uh, I mean, in the software field, we we have a concept of um, high, um,
2: uh, oh, high, uh, high, high cohesion and and loose coupling, and, coupling. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: So, I mean, the, the oh, indeed. Yes, it's, it's always
2: been known a as a good idea. Yeah. Yes, but what this research was showing was that this would if naturally you left evolve. left it on its own, it was, yeah, this would naturally evolve yeah. biologically. Conceivably,
0: in- could evolve biologically. they are not proving yeah. anything, are they? Technically,
2: no, no. Well, they're, they're showing that if they factor in this cost the of cost, connections yeah. into the into the algorithm, then what? typically comes out as a, yeah. as a system that... But it has, assumes the cost, doesn't it? So, yeah, I mean, you,
5: you can't tell whether the cost is really there or not.
2: Well, but I, but I think in a biological system there is a cost, because there's a cost of having um, longer connections obviously costs more to, contain, to maintain than shorter connections between things, I would have thought.
5: Yeah, well, I'm talking mm-hmm. more about homogenous versus... Um, you know, like if you have a homogeneous mass... Um, you know, versus you know things where there's you know, to, let's a say two organs individual. versus one, for example. Right. Sure. Sure.
0: Um, yeah.
2: Um, I guess. How it, how I guess if you had a combined heart and liver, then that might be more costly than. The other it, problem
0: with that, of course, is if one
2: fails. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you haven't it, got a liver. Or yes, heart. indeed. Well, that's a cost, I suppose. Yeah. It's that, a big cost. <laughs> yeah. It's a cost to you. So there must have been duty. an
5: evolutionary advantage in differentiating organs rather than having one gel- gelatinous blob as yeah. say snails are <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. Or similar to okay cool world news um just came up <laughs> on my facebook feed this morning i thought i'd mention it we're not all in agreement as to whether it's true or not but that's fine <laughs> so the headline christian cannibal puppeteer arrested with kitty porn planned to abduct and eat child um it is not the onion um however it's not sort of something like not a website i've ever heard of before either and it is a little bit creepy and it's sad and all that sort of stuff but um i can't can't help but sniggering a little bit honestly um it's one of those stories that makes your blood run cold ronald william brown of largo florida the 57 year old proprietor of puppets plus has been charged with the possession of child pornography and conspiring. Why is everyone laughing at me?
2: <laughs> just the name puppets plus, <laughs> not just puppets. You get puppets, puppets and kiddie porn, <laughs> yeah.
0: and and kidnapping, uh, and of conspiring with another man to kidnap and then eat a child.
1: Sick. Um,
2: I don't believe it,
0: but Craig doesn't believe it. But um, the people
1: that do do it, Craig? It wouldn't surprise no, don't me to find
0: children, that there. But. It wouldn't surprise me to find that there was. A culture of this sort of thing on the internet. However, mm, whether mm. they actually did plan to abduct anyone might be up for debate. And carry it out. And carry, actually yeah, carry yeah, it actually carried out. Exactly. I would they hope be, they would kill them. Rather than actually right. just talking about it and, and fantasizing about it. I mean, is that even a thing? I don't know.
1: Well, they call it. They call it. They say fantasizing.
0: Hmm. Mm. So they searched his home and his tool shed and they discovered images of bound and gagged children, photographs of dead children and a flyer for a missing child Um, They've got chat records Um, They chatted about murdering children as young as two and this is about where I stop sniggering because it's not funny anymore Mm -hmm. Um, In one chat Arnett described to Brown what it is like to drown a little girl and what different body parts taste like if roasted or fried in a pan And they reveal, uh, Brown revealed to Arnett in another chat regarding the little boy at Gulf Coast Church that he would enjoy strangling the child to death. Um, Yeah, well. And then they ask a bizarre question. If you can't trust that your children are safe in Sunday school when you're in the same building, anyway, yeah. Um, Sunday school. So this guy also uh, has this... um, Anyway, he's,
2: he's obviously done some harm anyway because he's got pictures of
0: kids bound. Yeah. Or so contributed in, he's a in sick some way. Puppet, ha, ha. Uh, puppy, puppet. <laughs> so this guy also has there's this. a YouTube clip on the page, which I think you should probably check out. I think I've seen it before. He is a, a creepy really, puppet. Really, really creepy puppet. Yeah. Um, talking about pornography and how bad it is for you. <laughs> I'm guessing that's irony. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but might... he's in
1: jail apparently without bail. Well,
0: yeah, I would too. <laughs> Hmm. Um, probably, if nothing else, for his own safety. Yes. This is America, And all. children's. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, if for no other reason. I know. Um, well, what are the church going to do now for entertainment for their Sunday school? <laughs> <laughs> and how are they going to try and convince children that pornography well, is bad without about their creepy puppets? <laughs> yeah. um, so if puppets. this was me editing the podcast, right about now you'd be hearing a clip of this YouTube video right um but craig's in charge so he'll decide what goes <laughs> oh. in and what doesn't H-hunt craig okay um well, that's, we might have that's enough that. about no. that
2: <laughs>
3: here's the clip and when i got over there i noticed that some of the kids were kind of giggling and laughing you know and i wondered why they were doing that well why were they doing it well they said marty come over here and take a look at our pictures so i walked on over there and i took a look and do you know what it was What was it, Marty? Well, it was in Arizona, I'll tell you that right now. Ron, they were looking at some dirty pictures and they wanted me to look too. Well, Marty, what did you do? Well, I said, look, guys, I like you a lot and I want to play with you, but I can't look at those pictures. I just can't do it. Well, what did they say, Marty? They said, oh, Marty, come on. Your parents are in the house. No one will see. Well, What did you say? I said that may be true, but I know someone who will see, and that's God. That's right, Marty. You know, that kind of reminds me of a a verse I'm thinking of in the Bible that's found in 2 Timothy 2.22. And it says that you should run away from anything that will give you evil thoughts. And as your companions, you should have friends who have pure and clean thoughts and will only give you good ideas. Well, you know what I decided to do? What's that, Marty? I decided to turn around and go right back home. Well, Marty, I'm real proud of you for that. And some of the kids were kind of laughing at me, too. Well, that's okay, Marty. I think they will respect you for your opinion. And, you know, I'm glad you weren't wishy-washy. I'm glad you remained firm in your belief that looking at those kind of things is wrong. I'm real proud of you, Marty, for the decision you made.
2: (sighs) Oh, wow, that was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, (laughs)
0: Creepy. At any rate, you can always go and watch it um, uh, via the, the uh, link on our website. So, moving on. Oh, what's this? Something <laughs> just appeared in the agenda <laughs> mysteriously. <laughs> <coughs> okay, Susie, do you want to update us on the arsenical life forms?
4: Do you remember the story? Yes, I when, do. I remember um, Arsenical.
2: Yeah. What was her name? Rosie Redfield.
4: Oh. Was it? So when um, some scientists from NASA claimed they'd found a bug... Um, that, that, that uses arsenic instead of phosphorus for, um as its sort of molecule for everything. Uh, and this fabulous uh, microbiologist called Rosie Redfield sort of took the science paper apart within about five minutes and it all was fab and kind of went online and everybody basically destroyed this paper pretty quickly. Sure, they were right. They were right, were they? No, no, NASA. no, 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 <laughs> Rosie Redfield was right. Oh, so um, there's just been two papers accepted to science. Or appeared in science, so Rosie's and another team, um, basically showing that uh, it doesn't it oh. doesn't use arsenic instead of phosphorus, right? Um, and, but it was really interesting the way it's all kind of come about. So the so they haven't retracted the original paper. The authors are claiming that it still doesn't contradict anything that they said, despite the fact that it Does. seems to. Okay. So there were a couple of interesting things. So Rosie. Um, was uh, put an embargo was put on the paper as they always do on her paper. on her paper so yeah. they're not allowed to talk about it that's been accepted they're not allowed to talk about it until the science puts out a press release which they would would have done with this thing right. but she was giving a talk at a conference and so she uh ignored the embargo and talked about it, <gasps> about their paper, dun, dun, dun. and so they lifted the embargo and basically just had to release it oh. and stuff. So well, so, oh, so she was they didn't lock well, her up or no, no well, hunt
0: her down and but she's break just or anything.
4: she's um she's and the other thing she had done is she had put her paper on a free archive too, which is another sort of oh my god
2: it's pretty hard to embargo something that's not a free archive yeah, yeah. so
4: she's been really um, she's been really cool so not only so she's got her paper in science now. Um, they haven't removed uh, removed the or um, yeah taken okay. away the other one, but um, she she put two fingers up to science from their embargo and talked about it in public anyway. Hmm. So she right. remains my so microbiological that. hero. Nice.
3: Go now. open
0: science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now we can move on to New Zealand. And as this is up your alley, Peter, we're going to throw this article to you. Um, Destiny Church wants to open a charter school. How dreadful. Do you want to tell us what a charter school is? Because I don't think we've talked about this before.
5: Okay, we, um, I I know what charter schools are overseas, yeah. um, so, so basically what it is is the, um, it allows different organisations, including religious organisations, to start their own school and have their own syllabus and their own curriculum. Um, Completely
0: independent it's, of...
5: Uh, it's it's not completely independent, but uh, it's certainly uh, a, a lot less constrained than, say, okay. se- uh, secular schools in so they could choose
0: schools. not to teach evolution or
5: the, correct. Okay. Um, they 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 can um, to a certain extent um, choose their choose their syllabus. Obviously, there are certain core curriculums, core core topics that they do have to cover, um, but uh, they could. Choose to emphasise or de-emphasise various things.
4: Do they get any money from the government?
5: Absolutely. Well,
1: yes, l- oh they fully do. Fully funded,
5: isn't it? Yeah, but there's an interesting way what what the government is doing that uh, is to have these, uh, if you like, vouchers. Um, and and overseas, the way this works is that the uh, the community or each parent is given so many vouchers, and they can use those to give to the school, school that they want choice. to give their child you know, the, the, the school of choice. Um, but of course, some schools cost more than others. So the, the you know this this choice is rather a bit of a fallacy because um, you know some you know the, the poorer members of the community can't afford to choose to send their their children to the to the more expensive schools, which require more than the the vouchers are provided. Um, so I think there's a fundamental there's a fundamental problem with the the voucher and and the uh, charter school kind of system itself. Um, but but yeah, there is this concern. Um, especially um, with with similar schools in the UK, for example, where, where they're setting up uh, more and more religious schools, and they're basically segregating the populations or segregating into these religious um, enclaves, and and that's I think that's harming society. So I mean, there's there's a real concern here that we're gonna we're gonna move away from uh, a well-integrated New Zealand. Population that's tolerant of each other and, and you know ex- accepting of different cultural um, values and, mm-hmm. and people um, towards one where we're going to have uh, you know Muslims versus Christians versus whoever atheists. else. Well, atheists. <laughs> I mean, we're a pretty tolerant group, really.
4: I think. Maybe <laughs> we, um, yeah, we'll end up on our own. <laughs>
5: well, <laughs> increasingly, this is happening in the UK where where uh, atheists have a, have a problem because uh, you know the more. The more Christian and, and Muslim schools that are popping up, the less options there are. You know, basically the the state schools are mm. decreasing in number, mm. uh, and you know often uh, a parent will have to choose between several schools, and um, they would like to send their, their child to the, the closest school, mm. but the problem will be that you know the, the closest secular one or state school will be several miles away. Mm. Um, so if this model was followed. We would we would run into some some pretty serious problems in New Zealand. However, I, I find it interesting that the media keeps latching on to uh, to,
0: destiny.
5: to to destiny. The the, the, the thing, thing is not actually the only ones. yeah, De- destiny yeah. is actually pretty small fire. And and you know we all love to bash bash the guy who's who's standing up and
0: um, honestly making
5: a bit of a fool of
0: himself. Joker face on the um, yeah on he's the
5: yeah he's he's, he's quite <laughs> a divisive kind of character. Um, he's 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 been saying some things obviously which the churches don't like. However, the the, the fact is that in terms of his actual total donations, they're pretty insubstantial compared to most of the other religions in New Zealand, including people like the Catholics and and the Mormons and so on. So we're not actually talking... Although he has a lot of press, in terms of donations and and the potential to open schools around the country, um, (coughs) this guy's actually pretty pretty small fry. We're more likely to see um, wholesale Christ, you know, Christian schools run by Catholics or Baptists or you know other organisations mm. which are a bit evangelical. So, well, so, so
2: how, how yeah, are exactly. charter schools different from integrated schools? So because we already have integrated <coughs> schools where they are run by, uh, uh, say, the catholic that, That's right, but I mean they
5: the, the, there are there are tad more limited. I mean they do have religious education in these schools, but. Um, the syllabus is, is probably more constrained, and this is where I sort of run into problems because I, I haven't really analysed the legislation in detail. Um, in fact, not many people have because it was, you know, there, there wasn't really much discussion about this. It's it's basically come in, as I understand it, through uh, through a deal with Act um, that they wanted to to have charter schools as a as a part of their ideological campaign. Which sort of touches on my belief that we should we should really be having an open government where where these things are discussed and and gone through some kind of peer review before we 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 just dump things on just because the the government of the day tend to like the idea. Mm. Yes.
0: Cool. Yeah. So okay. I don't, yeah,
5: uh, Tamaki, you know, not I, I don't think he's a particular problem, but but the the idea of the idea of these schools is is um, pretty concerning. Yeah. And and, and they're
1: for the profit too, aren't they? Says in the article that, that allows for profit-making schools.
5: Yes, it mm. does. Um, mm. Although uh, I don't. That presumably
4: think happens already, doesn't it? With I doubt. The a well, doubt. there are private schools right. which oh, make money, yeah. and, and I don't
5: think I don't think the you know there's no, there's nothing wrong with making mm. a buck running a school. I don't think um, you know. As as long as as running the, the other way around. Yeah, that's yeah, right. True. Um, yeah, more you more know, the, the, the yeah. I, I guess the problem would be if if you're running a uh, a, pr- uh, a money-making school which is publicly funded there's a question about whether, you know
0: yeah. is the public getting value for money mm-hmm. mm. yeah. state funded but are expected to have greater freedom on employment matters, the curriculum, governance models and operational management
1: oh,
0: so it employment says
4: 18 organisations have expressed an interest in running them mm. theory so. <laughs> yeah.
2: string theory schools that's interesting first one on the list a for profit Philadelphia US based education management organisation oh, which linked academic education with the arts so, okay probably so, nothing to do with strength theory, with theory then,
0: yeah. <laughs> the Maharishi Foundation of New Zealand, where they're going to meditate their way into um, well, he's anyway. a, he
1: was a Beatles guru so.
0: oh well that gives him loads of credibility there <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on from that, just because it was a link on that page I just saw this <laughs> iPad, iPad. ban in pulpit for priests apparently Kiwi Catholic priests have been forbidden from using iPads in the pulpit. What? They're not allowed to use iPads. They're
5: not allowed to use their iPad to deliver a sermon.
0: To deliver their sermon. I don't think they should be allowed iPads anything. at
5: all. Me too. I, I think they should be using uh, Android <coughs> tablets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Apparently. It was revealed last month. Pope Benedict used the latest handheld technology to, t- to stay in touch with his flock. Bah, ba. The 84-year-old pontiff launched a new Vatican website via his iPad. He also tweets. Tweet,
3: tweet. Good for him.
0: <laughs> well, wow. I was Good. in the Vatican a couple of weeks Good ago. Good for him, inverted commas. Um, you were, and you we're said something rather lovely it. about the Pope, I, uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yes. The uh, the Prince Pope is a lovely or something like that, was it? No. <laughs> he was <laughs> blessed, exactly. even who was... he got
1: blessed.
0: Did you? You didn't, no. see, you didn't see him, though, did <laughs> No, you? he was away on holiday. He was away on holiday. Yeah. Otherwise, Olympics? you would have said it to his face. Is that yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time for everyone's favourite segment. Yay. Susie Ooh. rants about the Ponsonby News. Hello.
4: Hi, um, Susie. Okay.
0: Is Dr. Adjit going to cure my asthma? Because is what this is about. And you're careful. Whatever the hell that is.
4: <laughs> so, yes, this month, um, Dr. Adjit's question from somebody in Mount Eden is about their child who suffers from asthma, but it seems to get worse in the winter. I'm pretty sure I remember this question from last year. Um, Does he because say about honey or? Well, no. It's all about his peanut butter on yourself his Kaffir <laughs> is out of joint. Keep his kaffir intelligence is, is an, in imbalance, <laughs> and um, and this happens in winter <clears throat> because and it's exacerbated. Sorry, by eating foods that are cold, damp, moist, and sticky. Uh, of
0: course, it is. You remember this
4: one. About so, Doctor Edgett suggests that uh, if your child has asthma that rather than treating them with medication and inhalers that you minimize the accumulation of kapha in their body. So you keep them warm. You must avoid cold, damp and moist foods such as bread, cheese and butter. What's Um, kapha? This is this... You you were just talking about before.
0: So this is a bit like chi, is it?
4: Yeah, well they have have three or four of them. Vita... No, Vata, Pitta, so three, Vata, Pitta, and kaffir no, that right. control all bodily it's functions. The body types, there you go. yeah. Body
0: it's um, like the four humors, basically.
4: <clears throat> uh, yes, uh, and they should avoid swimming. They should take long, deep, slow breaths at least three times a day. <laughs> oh god! They should stick um, sesame oil up their nostrils.
0: Okay, hang on, hang on. What was that last one again? I, I didn't, I didn't catch
4: that. I'm
0: writing this down so I can <laughs> <laughs>
4: And then apparently, there are also some some Planet Ayurveda products that you can take.
1: No! No! He's selling something.
3: Actually, I
4: had a look at one of their cough syrups, (coughs) and it does, yes, it is rather expensive. Anyway, so that's Dr. Ajit. I definitely remember that question from last time. We also have. um, Do you think he
0: writes the questions himself?
4: No. No, I think it was a different question, because I
0: remember him saying something about peanut butter and. Yeah, no,
4: peanut butter is in there as well. Is it in there? Yeah, avoid peanut butter. I'm not sure he's remembered honey this time, but definitely. Okay. anyway. Anyway, um, we also have M&R Essentials.co.nz um, introducing their M&R Cough and Cold Tonic. Tonic. A holistic approach to healing naturally this winter. Um, uh, so what is this tonic, you ask? No. Yes, I don't do
1: think ask. I did, actually. <laughs> I did, I did. Well,
4: <laughs> it's a homeopathic medicine which involves highly diluted micro doses of mineral, botanical, and biological substances, um and it's uh hand potentized and individually bottled right here in New Zealand Woohoo! Wow. um costs $29.19 <laughs> for 50
1: <laughs> mils. <the> 50
4: mls <laughs> that's
1: a rip off christ mm.
4: but they also have um let me have a look what they have i mean frankly it's all the same presumably it's just a bit of they tap water. Give, um... they have the essentials allergy clear uh, the cough tonic um, their essentials repair formula their intense detox formula oh, but
1: it's when i want <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh but um I want to I want to talk about John Appleton my you favorite You want person. to talk about John Appleton uh, Yeah sure cuz actually it's quite funny this time Okay So um his uh column this month is called um, Your Heart Getting a Second Opinion And he talks about heart disease and how every 90 every 19 minutes a New Zealander dies from coronary heart disease 16 deaths a day it's quite possible Um and that, you know, it's very important that we look after our heart, Nathan. Yeah, whatever. Um, of course, his solution would be that you go to his website and you take coenzyme Q10 and a few other of his um, his things, although he that doesn't, of course, easier, mention that. It? He just says, you should take co- coenzyme Q10. doesn't mention that he sells it, which, of course, he does. But um, his second opinion is that he wants you to go and talk to this man called um, Dr. Gerald Lewis, who's an Auckland cardiologist and member of the Australasian... Integrative Medicine Association, so he's he's has extensive experience in many complementary fields of medicine, <coughs> so nutritional medicine, intravenous vitamin C, collation therapy. He's got his, him and his wife have their own clinic it seems, mm. um, and they've re- they wrote a book in two thousand and seven, uh, which they self published called Dietary Supplements: Create an expensive Urine or a Key Addition to Modern Medicine. I think we know the answer to that, actually. Um, anyway, which is a pretty short I book. I think it's the same answer. That, yeah, <laughs> I think so, because mine will be one page.
3: Um, um, anyway,
4: but the other thing about him, so and, and that he, you know, th- the point that John Appleton is making is that actually you know you really need to go and see a doctor who is open to taking coenzyme Q10 and all of these vitamins that you rather need to take doctor rather than that's doc-
0: well educated yeah. and sensible but
4: anyway um but they make a big deal that about the fact that this Dr Lewis has been included in the who's who in medicine and who's who in the world and I wondered if you guys knew anything about this publication because I is think that it's
0: one of those books where they send you a letter saying we've decided to include you in this book if you want a copy send us 50 bucks
4: 50 and $250. Which book $250. are you be looking at? Oh, I don't know.
0: My, my, my nana was asked to be in one. Okay, one so
4: yeah, so there are a number of these. Who's who in America? Who's who in the world? In Asia, there's various um, US regional ones. There's science and engineering. Know, there's medicine and healthcare or something. Um, yeah, so these are interesting, and these books cost. So they seem to come out every year. They cost nearly four hundred. US dollars each. Each. Jesus fuck. So they they claim to have a sort of rigorous uh, selection criteria, but that seems to be actually so money. Made of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's money. Um, it, Forbes magazine call them the Hall of Lame,
3: <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was quite nice.
4: So it doesn't cost anything to get in them. So the people, you know, yeah. the people who have been chosen or can self nominate themselves. Um, <laughs> Uh, they don't. They don't pay anything to go in them. But if you want, a if copy you want so if you want a copy, obviously you can buy a copy. Yeah. But they also have what they're called um, enhanced biographies. So ah. for a hundred and fifty dollars, you, you can have, can have an, have an, a, an enhanced biography where you can write up to two hundred words. That's nearly a dollar a word. That's amazing mm. um, about yourself and your work that will go in this book. Mm.
2: What's really stuff. interesting. That only you'll ever read, probably. Well, <laughs> and, it's and your grandkids. <laughs> yeah.
4: They've been awesome. going since 1899. Yeah. So they're obviously, you know. And they've got. That's yeah, a, a long, long running scam. Yeah, very long running scam. But they also have their Reflections of Success catalogue that they send to all people who are included in this. And so you can buy a lapel pen or a keyring or a paperweight that claim you know that that shows your claim to fame.
3: Magnet, or you can have a certificate.
4: Juicy. Da da, da. And, You know, and these cost like 150 bucks for the certificate. But the other thing that they do so not only do they sell, try and sell this book to libraries and various things, try and sell it to anybody who's stupid enough to get themselves <laughs> in it and then we'll pay an extra 150 bucks to put some enhanced biography, and then we'll pay $100 for a certificate or a la-la-la. They actually sell their details to direct marketing companies. <laughs> 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 they, and they claim. Right. They, they, they can then basically um, break down their lists. So if you want yeah. certain professions, if you want sex, yeah. if you want political inf- uh, affiliations, religions, whatever, they can give that data. Particularly the people
0: that have chosen to give you more information. For the extra 150 mm. oh, yeah.
4: that's, isn't it clever that's so current. I just thought that was amusing that here John Appleton is using this hey he's been included in the who's who it's like mm. you guys don't know anything about this yet again you're showing that you are you know you don't you Ignorance. don't know anything John just stop please stop and that was from Susie okay John <laughs>
0: The uh, completely unnecessary <laughs> s- sceptical podcast does officially request that John Appleton stop and claim that he knows nothing about about <laughs>
2: anything. Speaking of natural products in New Zealand, though, I have seen advertised or heard advertised on TV very recently a nature a bee pollen based product. Bee yeah, they're quite pollen. common. Yes, and they are making some very strong claims about what it can do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm Not just the surprised. the breakfast shows all the time too. But I'm just surprised that they can make such strong claims. Mm-hmm. They, they say that it improves your immune system. Boosts your and, immune system. Yeah, boosts your yeah, immune really system. And, and, yeah. yeah, I'm just, I was oh, just th- intrigued. The problem <laughs> with
0: that is that boosts your immune, immune system means nothing. Yeah, I know. I know. So they, but get, away they can think, get away no, with it. No, there them. are some
2: yeah. other things that they were claiming yeah. as well that seem to be quite medically... Accurate terms. Uh, about okay. One. Okay. Well, we'll
1: um, have a friend um, in London, like, and they say sell it's selling out, like hotcakes. It's just mm. selling out. Okay. It's well, maybe Louisiana. we'll get
4: um, they buy we'll it. get Michael Edmonds on Twitter because <gasps> he's been <laughs> very good at uh, indeed at doing some our
0: own personal. I was going to say pit bull, but that's probably.
3: Unfair. <laughs> I think ball, he'd ball find ball dog. Quite amusing.
0: Dog. <laughs> okay. So moving on to the most important bit of the uh, episode, our interview with. Sir Peter Harrison, Harrison, Esquire. No, I'm not, I'm not quite a Sir, not quite. Yet, but, but you're, you're very observant. Someone's bound to have nominated <laughs> you, I'm sure. Self
1: nominated. I won't <laughs> object. <laughs> so, yeah. you
0: are a member of the New Zealand Rationalists. I am indeed. And you're on the committee. And you've recently started up a campaign to remove religion in schools. From Not
5: so recent. I mean, it's been going for more than a year Actually, it's now. more
0: than a year. Yeah, I noticed that the other day. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. So we, we started off, I, I guess, seriously. We, we've had the, the, the Facebook page and so on for, for some time. Uh, but starting in May, we, we actually started a Facebook campaign, which was paid. Which And, and now we have a uh, 1,000 people following us and 250 members in our, in our private Facebook group. So, so, yeah, it's going quite well. Um, I guess I should explain what, what exactly we, we're against, because I, th- I think yeah. there's a... So basically,
0: your, your group wants to just ban religion no, no, outright no, no, and... No, not exactly.
5: <laughs> um, I'll just explain a little bit about the system, the, the, the current, what we call the Nelson system. This is, this is a, uh, a clause in the Education Act which allows religion to be taught to children after school hours. So, so what happens is the, the normal school day can't have religion taught and by religion i mean um indoctrination yeah, caring, right religious so so it's perfectly possible to teach uh, about religion in, in a social studies context um which might be appropriate say at the secondary level where you're teaching about social studies
0: or history or, or whatever. history
5: yeah. yeah that's right so so we're not planning to ban the discussion of religion and we're not trying to ban people professing religion in schools like, you know, the individual students. What we're looking at is, is trying to address this, this Nelson system, which allows the school to declare itself closed and then to to allow religious people from, from other uh, organisations, such as churches, come in and deliberately indoctrinate the children. So that's what we're against. Here are some disturbing facts about, about this um, practice. The first one is that the parents do not give their informed consent. Okay, So this is an opt-out system, which means that the parents have to find out about their children attending these classes in the first place. And many schools don't give any information about these classes, so the, the first time they hear about it is from their children, who are bringing home information from you know, like, um, you know, leaflets. Information. And you know, if the <laughs> children <laughs> even actually talk about it. So, and obviously if their children don't discuss it, then they don't hear about it at all. The Schools may provide some information in the form of um, propaganda about values education. So they'll 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 frame it as, Oh yeah, we're gonna do some values education and then they'll ask the parents to agree to
0: Yeah. Would to you do like that. your children to not learn about values? Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of um,
5: <laughs> and naturally, you know, many many atheist uh, you know, secular type parents will, will agree to, to having their children learn this and not really understand the the actual nature of the, the class. So that goes towards informed consent. So even if the parents are told, the way they're told doesn't really give them the information they need to make a uh, an informed decision. Yeah. Those are the two primary behaviours we're, we're concerned about most is, is the fact that schools aren't giving proper information about what's going on, sometimes no information at all. And then once they've given that, there's no obligation on the schools to actually go and ask the parents before they send their children to these classes. So at the very least, we want to get rid of those two two aspects, but ideally, we want to make sure that these classes don't occur at the times where the children are obligated to be there.
3: Yeah.
5: Um, because they the, the, they say they're formally closing the schools, but all the children stay in the same classes. You know, basically these. It's a loophole. It's a yeah. loophole. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's discriminatory.
0: Presumably, of course, the teachers all nick off to the um, to the teacher's lounge and have a bit of a coffee and smoke. Yeah, glad, well, to, <coughs> glad to be rid of the kids <coughs> for half yeah, an hour. Yes,
5: yeah, so, I mean, the, 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 the kids who do, do opt out are uh, sent off to the library at best. Um,
0: or picking up trash.
5: So, yeah, there, there have been reports of <laughs> that. I, I don't want to emphasise the trash picking up business because I think it's bad enough that they get ostracised. Fair enough. Um, which is the normal in, yeah. in schools. One of the really serious problems with this in terms of a discriminatory point of view is the fact that it's asking children or their parents to opt out, they're getting them to identify themselves based on religion.
3: Yeah.
5: Mm. Okay. So you're basically creating a them and us situation where where the 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 oddballs that are being asked, you know, the oddballs in terms of you know atheists the, yeah, or Muslims the or the outsiders are asking <laughs> they're asking to be identified, and this is this is a privacy issue that yeah. we we shouldn't really be asking. Children or their parents to identify that uh, what what they believe, you know, what their faith is. Yeah. You, you should be going to a secular school, and you shouldn't need to worry about what faith that you're, you're <coughs> you believe. The in.
4: Well, but also the point is that you know these kids are not. I mean, most of them don't have a faith. They are the children of parents with faith or lack of yeah. faith. But most of them have not made up their own. Don't have enough information to make other. No, own mind we just yet, follow so our,
2: tr- our
1: parents. Unless yeah. they've been
5: previously indoctrinated. But yeah. we're talking about six-year-old six children, and um, we had an interesting. We had a we had a meeting last night, and uh, there were some children there, um, and one of them was pr- uh, we, we believed was a professing atheist um, from a ma- from a Methodist family, and uh, she got a, she was about uh, eleven, I believe. And she'd been brought up on stage because she was meant to say, oh, I'm an atheist. And we got her up on stage and she changed her mind um, right up on the stage, um, which you might think is embarrassing. And and the reason I'm bringing it up is because children around this age really don't, they haven't formed their opinions. They haven't, you know, that they are susceptible to influence. And I think what was happening in that particular instance is she thought she was confused about it and she thought she was being expected to say she believed in God, I think I, I think she got confused she was basically saying what she thought people their parents wanted her to say right. yeah. yeah, so I think it's a mistake to be trying to get children to have, to take any position at all like you say they're, they're not, they can't take an informed de- decision about you know, whether they're an atheist or a, or a Christian or whatever yeah. hmm. um, they're just too young to even really appreciate those positions
4: tell me, are you keeping a list of the schools?
5: We've, we've actually conducted a survey. We didn't, we didn't really get a very good response from, from a survey. Um, we, we got in the region of 20% return on a survey.
0: That's better than I thought you'd get, actually. Yeah.
5: Um, it was about a 50-50, which is what reported to us. So um, the numbers we've been given is 40% have some kind of religious instruction in school. We're talking about state primary schools, by the way.
3: yeah. yeah.
5: Of these schools, um, there, there's—it's it's interesting that almost 100% of these schools have some kind of values program. There, there's a bit of um, bait and switch going on here, where you know the religious are saying, "Well, you know, if you if you if you opt out of your values class, you're not getting any values." Well, that's true if you're running a religious program, but it, but it's not true if you're running a secular program in a, in a state school. So, in the state schools, the values program is being taught to all the children,
0: mm-hmm.
5: and I think most parents want a values programme. But by introducing the religion aspect to it, you're actually you're actually forcing out children who would otherwise have been included.
0: You're also adding an entity. The point that I keep trying to make people is that you don't need religion to teach values. I'm yeah, exactly. Um, so why don't you just do the values without the religion? And schools are. It's a part of the curriculum. Colin, who is used to come on the podcast from time to time, one of our regulars, he was talking about his... Um, he's a teacher and he was talking about the values modules that are already available for schools
5: that, that's what i'm saying those, those values are in all so sorry i mean one form of values is, mm. is in almost 100 i think there's a very i think there was one or two schools that weren't that i that i heard okay of. um but even those ones uh they, they explained it by values by example rather than explicit values classes
3: okay
5: so so all i think all the schools are interested in teaching values the difference is that the ones that are religious are teaching less expand, of the children. Yes. I mean, they're, they're actually discriminating yeah. against some of the children.
0: Yeah.
5: Um, however, the the question is, are they really teaching the values we're interested in? Yeah. Because yeah. some of the values in the secular curriculum are things like uh, uh, critical thinking, yeah. which you know I'm sure you guys appreciate. But that's not really going on in the schools. Yeah. Oh, sorry, in the, in these religious classes. Because the example I was given by, by a gentleman um, up and everywhere was was that they when they were trying to teach critical thinking, their idea was, well, Jesus had a problem. He needed to feed 5,000 people. So he sat <laughs> down on a hill and he, <laughs> he thought, thought about, about it. <laughs> and he thought, oh, well, I'll just miracle Make all of this yeah, yeah, food yeah, yeah, into yeah. existence. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, I, well, my personal position is that that's not really an example of critical thinking. And I don't mm. think any... Uh, Should we say thinking person?
0: Yeah, would possibly a little bit confused about what that actually means. So well, it's not really teaching anything about critical no. thinking. So we change my name time, from
1: religion to values now. So I'm, if I'm a Catholic, I'm a Catholic. It's not my religion; it's my value. No,
0: this is just a smokescreen that they I hide know, behind. I know, but yeah, that's
1: good. Um, mm.
0: And the other good thing, of course, that the um, someone actually specifically came out and said it in one of the comments I was reading, is um, I teach values by telling the Bible stories and teaching them about God and about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So straight away, they're coming in with the assumption that these things are true and these stories actually happened. That's a form of indoctrination, isn't it? It, it? it is,
5: and I think there's mm-hmm. a... I, mean, I had a discussion on the radio last weekend about this with Simon Greening, and, and what I think is interesting, uh, not only with Simon Greening, but some other CRE teachers that I've talked to, is that they honestly... It's hard to believe, but they honestly believe that they're not indoctrinating the children. They think that what they are teaching mm-hmm. them is right and good, because they have been indoctrinated themselves as children. Mm. And so, when they're teaching this, they they don't see it as indoctrination themselves. And they I believe think it. because they really do believe it. Yeah. Um, so this is this is the difficulty, because there's um, you know big arguments over yeah, yeah, a big disconnect. We're having this discussion about whether it's indoctrination or not, but i don't really want to get too caught up with the those kinds of words you know defining those words all you need to do is look at what the children are saying and on the cre website themselves they they had some descriptions of what the the children learned and what they learned was things like well jesus was the son of god um, jesus died for our sins it was basically all of the 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 doctrine of christianity yes Hmm. and so if, if that's not indoctrination I mean, you know, then it becomes just a matter of asking the question Is are those kinds of things that they're learning is that the doctrine of the church and if it is then they've been indoctrinated, indoctrinated. Yeah. and the
2: fact that it's happening at a primary school necessarily means that the, the information is going to be presented in a simplistic fashion as well I would have thought so they're going to get the sort of a, a, a bare bones yeah. like if you're good you'll go to heaven and if you're bad you'll go to hell sort of thing I would
5: have thought they don't tend to discuss heaven and hell anymore because right. they have got <laughs> uh, they've got quite a few beatings over that yeah, okay. uh, The interesting thing is that you' there was a there was a teacher at Tor Bay school who who was teaching the c r e and and she didn't teach that kind of thing hmm. uh, in her class, but when she was on the streets of Brown's Bay, uh, she was handling out leaflets, which was essentially okay. saying exactly that right so the, the people teaching these children do believe that yeah. And then those if children you,
2: run into those people in the streets, and oh, here. Or, or you know, mm-hmm. if, 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 yeah. you, if
5: you convince <coughs> children to, to to get deeper into to Sir God and, and mm. you know maybe come to church, they're, they're going to run into this. And then mm.
0: that's when they start to get indoctrinated. Yeah. So this is it's actually well, no, prep I mean it's work. happening. This is yeah. a gateway drug. It is. That's why. is the way I see it. It's prep work. They may not think that they're going in to convert people, yeah. But they are. They're laying the groundwork yeah. for it to happen later by Sort of presenting these things as true stories mm. that sort of thing i'm not explaining myself very well yeah, but
1: you know what i'm thinking of i'm thinking of pedophiles that get their yeah what's the word? grooming that, yeah grooming i you know that's what it's yeah. like isn't grooming it? kids yeah.
0: to join the church yeah mm. that's probably a little bit um i know but yeah. peter has yeah. got his <laughs> blank look on his face he's not <laughs> going to agree or disagree going, with yeah, anything
5: yeah I, I think that's probably a bit rough i think if you can think of the say anglican grandmother who you know she's you know grown up in the church she has you know kids or whatever and and her parents have um, been involved in teaching bible in schools and now she's doing she's doing the same kind of thing um, you know she believes in what she's doing and she's grown up with christianity mm-hmm. i don't think there's any value in attacking these people mm-hmm. you know as as people what i'm having a problem with is the beliefs themselves, not yeah. the people. And I think that's an important point because we don't want to, by, by getting involved and personally attacking people, we lose sight of the fact that it's really the belief that's the, the mm-hmm. virus, which is moving from mind to mind.
0: The other thing that I keep try- the other comment I keep making on these news mm-hmm. articles is um, that if these people were actually coming into your schools and teaching biblical values, I don't think there's a person in New Zealand that wouldn't be up at arms and telling them to stop. There is no way that the Bible the values that the Bible presents is something that anyone wants taught to kids. Well
5: that's not a coherent well in my opinion that's not a coherent picture anyway. I mean the, the, yeah. the, there's no way you can read the Bible and come out with a yeah, coherent a set of view values. of what the values are. Yeah. I think, you know, there, there are some mm-hmm. things which I think were, were, were good, not unique but um, good yeah. and there were some things which are obviously reprehensible. I, I think uh, Matt Delahanty makes the point that you, people are picking and choosing what they want out of the Bible from their own... Their set own set of morals that they've established morals, right. on their own. So yeah. They're, so they're, so they're not getting their life, morals from yeah. the Bible, but yeah. they're, they're simply using the Bible to reinforce what they believe already. Yeah. Yeah. See, I told you.
1: It's in the Bible. Yeah, it's a, That's what
4: people do. The New Zealand Herald has had a couple of um, quite nice, I guess, well I guess opinion pieces. So the first was... I don't think that's a nice uh, one. No, 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 but idea, no, make, my, make my point. Okay. But, um So Hugh Dickey, who's somebody who teaches these, is involved in teaching these things, and the byline is, or the, what, what do you call it, the...
0: Subheading? Subheading is, I guess. I
4: ignore the roots of our values at society's peril. So they're playing on the, we're not teaching <laughs> we're this value-led... Yeah. You know, we're not teaching these values if you take these things out. Yeah. It, sort of... Yeah. Um,
0: or you're not teaching uh, them properly, perhaps. Yeah.
4: And it's really interesting because so he says in his piece that, um, for example, a, a recent unit on Joseph um, encouraged the children to consider the negative impact of jealousy, of quarreling and of paying back evil for evil. Um, apart from these values and issues, there was a spiritual issue included, which is that God can comfort us in our sorrows. Yeah. Um, but then they, they ran a very good uh, response. By a woman called Cheryl White, and uh, their heading for that was an atheistic rationalist secular humanist speaks and so he'd accused rationalists of basically being um horrendous opposition you yeah. know and she just she just talked about you know th- thank goodness that the that these people were that that people like her and like you are speaking out because um you know that you that they're basically overstepping the mark, that precisely this, you know, we are bringing God into it, is discriminating against people with other views. Uh, and it was quite nice to see that they put that in because the New Zealand Herald can be a bit funny and when there's been lots of times when, you know, they haven't uh, responded in this way by not putting the, the sort of opposing view. I'm not particularly
5: worried about okay. the, the media... Um, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll put it another way. They, I, I don't want the media to take our point of view. Uh, I mean, to to support us, um, or to obviously find us. The, the 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 role of the media is to put the the positions and and let people decide on these kinds of issues. Yeah, and what they so, can
4: what they often don't do is do that. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, they publish a whole article from.
4: They'll pull a whole load of nonsense stuff yeah. and then put nothing, a nothing in response. Quote at the end. And, and, and but I at least in this, they are putting, and she's she's written a very very nice piece. Why it's important that this causes is, is heard.
0: It's interesting, perhaps, that this is more of an atheistic, rational, humanist point of view rather than a skeptical thing. Because mm. the skeptics don't get a very good time in the paper. Yeah. As soon as something like this comes up, I think the papers have been doing a reasonably good job of presenting. But you Both don't want to paint of this the as, Arctic, as a religious battle, do you?
5: No. So that, that was the point I was making before: is <coughs> is that this this isn't the atheists beating up on the the Christians. Christians right. yeah. um, last night we had uh, so this, last night we had a, a meeting of the Secular Education Network. Uh, we had some very nice um, Christian people there. Um, we sort of. Well, welcome them. They're part of our group, right? So, yeah. you know, they're just yeah. part of our group. Um, they sang a very nice song at the end of uh, the deliberations. Um, and we've, we've been getting on quite well. We don't agree. you know. I mean, obviously, um, you know, they have their point of view about God, and we have, you know, the, the rationalists have ours. Mm. But that doesn't mean we can work together on, a, on something we, we have in common belief, which in this case is uh, the separation of church and state.
0: Yeah, yeah. So tell us about that. Um, you've got... Some people from uh, St Matthew's Church. Yeah, Clay Nelson had a.
5: Clay Nelson had a. He he wrote a article at first, a, a letter. That that generated some interest, and he, he, he got invited on Breakfast TV. Apparently, three. I, I I'm not quite sure of the details. How, th- three of his bosses or three bishops have have come out and opposed him on that. All oh, right. Um, however, his his actually his, his uh, the the people he preaches to uh, behind him. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is
0: St. Matthew's. This is a bit of an oddity in the old uh, uh, in the churches. But you've got some other religious people in the in the group, some actual Christians. Our, and our some...
5: public relations officer is named uh, David, David Hines, yeah. and he he's been fantastic. Uh, he's 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 been talking to various religious groups. Uh, he's been uh, creating uh, press releases and and basically doing a whole lot of really great work behind the scenes and it wasn't it wasn't that long ago that he 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 was actually talking to us about uh his his humanism uh, his christian humanism yeah um, so although he's a member of our group uh he he remains a committed christian
0: and he had a service at his church was that this sunday or last uh, sunday? we're
5: going to have a christ we're going to have a service that includes atheists yeah um, but that's not for another month or so. okay
0: okay coming up uh, we you could give us the date, and mm. we could say well, it. Um. Um,
5: I don't. I'm sorry, I don't have it offhand. While we're it's doing that, ago, we
0: have a lot of um, tell us about the Facebook group. Yeah, so there's the sort of yeah, of Keep the religion name. out of yeah. schools is um, one of them.
5: So yeah, it's it's keep religion out of school, uh, NZ, on Facebook, and we're just about to run a uh, a pretty major campaign. We ran one in Auckland for a month and got, as I said, something like 900 new members. Um, we're about to expand that to Wellington. Yep. Uh, to
2: so you're actually paying for campaigns. On oh, Facebook, absolutely. Right.
5: Um, okay. So we've got, we've so got a pretty substantial budget now. Um, okay. So how are you funded? How are we funded? Well, we uh,
0: the, talk about the other Facebook yeah, page. Yeah. Sorry, so, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, the other sorry. Facebook page is the Secular Education Network.
5: Yeah. So the we we have a we have another group um, which is a private. Well, when I say private, any, anyone can join. They just have to ask, a, as long as they sort of believe in, in in our goals really yeah so so you can join the the facebook group and if you prefer you can you can also uh, go to reason.org.nz and uh join us there yes and that goes on a mailing list which so so there's really two two options
0: and the website the reason website that has some more information on it as well and some lists of schools
5: um we haven't got the lists yet
0: You're um, on the on list that. of
5: schools we've been working on that and we're going to publish that in the not too distant future
0: Awesome, and it's on the website that you called Simon a, a liar. I, on did you Facebook, end up taking that I down? Or? I didn't.
5: That's that's not very fair. I, I didn't call him a liar, um, but one of our moderators did. Yeah. Uh, we did take it down, as as we said. It's uh, the, the 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 ruling of the broadcast. Or not was it? I think it was the uh, Advertising Standards Authority. Was that the CEC had misrepresented? This is the position.
0: old the old ruling that, from a while right. ago. Yeah. So that was
5: in two thousand and seven. So so when we're talking about Calling Simon a liar. It might have been more correct to say that that um, that, that what he was saying wasn't true, and yes, I think yeah. that was misunderstood.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: So, Peter, may I ask a question. When you were talking earlier on about religion and the younger t- children, would you be happy with religious studies or what they're called to be discussed at um, secondary schools?
5: Yeah, no, ab- absolutely, but the not the younger yeah not not young I mean children of six and seven years old they they just don't have the mental capability of really understanding the complexities of something like religion. Um, you know, even if we did have a comparative religion th- there's no way they could comprehend
0: it. It'd be a bit confusing as well because they're being indoctrinated at home and then coming into to school to learn that there are in fact lots of other religions. I think that would just that would be awkward. I,
5: I think also i mean it'd be very doubtful whether whether the Christian population would appreciate they're six years old being taught Indeed. about Muslim practices. Irony!
0: Uh, <laughs>
5: I, I would question whether that... I, I think what would happen is that when they're talking about giving other religions a fair chance, they say, well, you know, maybe an Islamic... Uh, Islam- one family, would, see, yeah. well Well, you know, the, an example would be uh, a, a Muslim option going as well as the Christian yeah. one, and then right. the Muslim children going to the Muslim one and the Christian ones going to... The, or even better,
0: one week... The Christian yeah, yeah. guy comes <laughs> in, and the next week, the Muslim guy but comes there's a, in. But
5: there, there's an enormous difference there. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think the if, if if the children of Christians were being exposed to Muslim beliefs, I, I think they would have a complete turnaround. Yeah. They, they would expect them to be kept separate.
1: And vice yeah. versa, the Muslims with yeah, the Christians.
5: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Well, the Muslims presumably are on our but side the, to some degree.
5: Well, the but they wouldn't want to hear about
1: Christianity, exactly.
5: would they? No, no. But the, the, the problem is that they're not on our side in the main. And the reason, th- there's two reasons that I've identified. The first is that they don't want to appear, at least initially, to come into a country and start throwing their weight around <coughs> about mm-hmm. you know, whether th- they sh- their, their religion should be respected. Okay. So they're, they're a little bit wary of that. But the other one is that they do want to start their own schools and they want to keep their children separate. So they so, want the so religious... to retain the religious aspect. Yeah, okay. So they, they're not really interested in freedom of speech, sorry, freedom of religion, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, as we see in places like pakistan and saudi arabia they they have a vested interest in in actually not supporting yeah. religion yeah uh, freedom of religion yeah you
2: were going to <laughs> tell us how you're being funded oh, oh yes. yes
5: funded well the the nzarh has uh, has a, a reasonable kitty of funds right uh, in, a, in it already the new zealand association of and humans yeah, that's right yes yeah. so not not the secular so the 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 secular education network is a parent support group effectively it's not an incorporated society or uh, uh, in a formal sense slightly
0: more than a Facebook group really, isn't it's, it? it's,
5: it's yeah slightly more than that you know we're putting some was putting some resources into it to make sure that we can support parents that's what it's really about
3: yeah.
5: um, making sure that they have the ability to 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 be able to communicate amongst themselves and and communicate with schools so that's that's what the group is about. It's not really to create a separate organisation and, you know, all of the complexities thereof. However, the NZRH, which is the funding organisation for that, is uh, reasonably well funded. But the intent is to make it self-funding. I mean, we can't we can't go on funding it with with large volumes of money forever. Mm. Um, what we would like to do is start um, donation campaigns and things yeah. so that we can see this right. co- continue for for the long term.
0: And obviously, you'd like to see more people joining the NZARH?
5: Yes, we would. Um, if you, by by joining the the organisation, obviously you can you can help us out, helping us out within the organisation as well as the the financial side. Um, obviously, we also take donations if if you. Sure. Um, if you, if you want to do that.
0: If you think you're going to die, you want to leave the something yeah, in you your well the
5: Yeah, we try not to talk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> forgive me, but I just Googled NZARH and it uh, first what it comes that? back uh, with head the, the Association yeah. of Registered Hairdressers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're,
5: we're, actually, we're actually, I mean, we've we've set up the reason.org.nz um, as a as a website yeah. because we, we uh, we're really trying to modernise ourselves and, and reach out to the community more than we have been in, in the past.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm a member of the NZARH. I think everyone should be. You and, they, lost um, my, they
1: lost my
5: form.
0: Have they? Mm. I said you you can't it can't reapply. I
5: know.
0: You, just
5: you can it. do that online now, I think. Oh, you can, oh, you can, yeah. you can do it online, thanks yeah. to Peter,
0: coming in and doing all yeah, his, we'll his website stuff. Yeah,
5: Peter and Peter. we're going to do, we, we don't have payments working quite yet, but um, automatic, you know, like visa and that, but we're, we're working on that to have to be able to sign
2: up. Yeah, very good. And what does it cost to become a
0: member?
5: What does it cost? No, what does it cost? So what does it cost? <laughs> um, it costs, uh, the, the normal waged membership is $50, mm-hmm. um, and the unwaged is $20.
0: Hmm.
5: Very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you should also join the two Facebook groups. That's And free. that, Yeah. Well. Love free. You have to, you have to sell you <laughs> have to sell your soul to Facebook and join up with that true, first. True, true. You know, <laughs> if you've already done that, then... you're fine Um, and come in and give us your opinion and yeah right. thank you very much Peter for coming on the cusp and telling us about that leading us to the end of the show Craig, Uh have you got a quote? indeed I do have a quote and
2: this quote was from PZ Myers as part of his Reason Rally speech and it goes, faith is a vice pretending to be a virtue it's lies and errors and frothy nonsense deluding us and distracting us from action. There's no salvation in wishful thinking, only inertia. Faith is the enemy of reason. The one thing every single one of us here must be united in despising is faith. It's the barren refuge of the vacuous, the fearful, the frauds, and the obstacles to accomplishment. Nice. PZ Myers. Very good. Or PZ Myers. PZ.
0: yeah. And... Oh, can I do both of my words? I think they're both quite good. Okay. Today's word of the day. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, so I'm just going to say "ylim." starts with a Y. In alchemy, a substance from which the elements developed. So he's the meta element. Um, and my favourite one, which I haven't actually tried to pronounce yet.
2: <laughs> oh, it's easy. <laughs> Yogi, Yogi, bo- bo-
0: box. Yogi bogey box. Love it. is materials <laughs> used by a spiritualist. Yogi bogey box. <laughs>
1: Yogi bogey box.
0: Are not, um, they're not screaming out for, um, what's the word I'm to looking used for? in a sentence? No, um, not authority. Um,
1: yeah, uh, I say, I went to a, um, a lady and she, she had brought a, out a
0: yogi, bogey yogi bogey box. It's <laughs> not, not exactly, um, yeah, <laughs> not sort of word that, uh, uh, ripped. no, never mind.
2: Cuts up an everyday occurrence. No, no, the,
0: what I'm trying to say, the it's credibility. Funny. Credibility. credibility, yeah, right. they're not they're not screaming up for credibility using words like that, really. Right. Um, William. William. thank you for listening to the completely unnecessary sceptical podcast. So if you'd like to leave us a message or send us some feedback, check out the contact us page on our website, uh, thecusp.org.nz. Yeah.